unheeded warnings and a family connection creates some eerie parallels between the Titanic tragedy and the modern day Titans submarine disaster. Hey y'all, I'm Christina and you're listening to History and Hearsay. If you've seen any type of news in the last month, then you're probably aware of the tragic failed voyage of the Titan tourist sub. But if not, I'll briefly kind of get you up to speed. The Ocean Gate Titan was a small diving vessel or a tourist submersible that would bring people down 13,000 feet to the ocean floor to view the wreckage of the Titanic. This is obviously very dangerous, but it's not like it's unheard of. There are several companies that do this, and quite a few people have successfully gone down to view the wreckage over the years. There are also a few people who've actually gone to the lowest part of the ocean floor, or I guess I should say the lowest point that we have explored so far, which is three times deeper than this. So while this was a dangerous voyage, it is something that was possible if done properly. Unfortunately for the four paying passengers who paid a whopping $250,000 a piece by the way. This mission seemed to be doomed from the beginning. This tiny little sub held five people and they say it was about the size of a minivan, but it actually looks super cramped when you look at the pictures. And obviously if you're claustrophobic, this is not something you would ever want to do. One of the biggest risks when going down to those depths is the immense pressure that's placed on the vessel. This vessel was supposedly designed to go down about 4,000 meters, which is about 13,100 and 23 feet. So just a bit further than they were planning to go. At that depth, they say the pressure is about 6,000 PSI, which it's said to only take 75 to 115 PSI to be fatal to a person. And 6,000 PSI, this amount of pressure is said to be equivalent to an elephant standing on one leg and having 226 more elephants stand on his back any type of leak or issue, and this sub would implode. This pressure combined with the darkness of the ocean, the cold and difficulty communicating with the surface, all combined together is what makes deep sea exploration so difficult. It's said that deep sea exploration is actually more dangerous than going to space. The trip down to the ocean floor was supposed to take about two hours, but about an hour and 45 minutes into the trip, the ship lost communication with the surface. Sadly, it sounds like this sub was actually built out of the incorrect materials that could not withstand the pressure, and the Titan is believed to have imploded on its descent. If you're interested in actually all the details of how this vessel was built incorrectly, I will link a video down below that explains it really well. Ocean Gate had only been taking people down to the wreckage for about two years, and there's evidence that quite a few experts in the world of deep sea exploration were concerned about the construction of this craft, and some of them even sent letters to the company urging them to reconsider the construction of the vessel and the risks of taking customers down in such a craft. But just like the captain of the RMS Titanic, the executives at Ocean Gate seem to disregard the many warnings sent their way and press on toward their journey with enthusiasm. Unfortunately for the passengers who, who thought they were putting their lives in the hands of experts, this trust cost them their lives. So- 
I apologize in advance because as you guys know, if you've been around here, I'm terrible with names. So I'll probably butcher these people's names. But on this voyage was British businessman Hamish Harding, Pakistani businessman Shahzadi Dawood, and his 19-year-old son Suleiman, and French explorer Paul Henry Nargalat, and also the CEO of Ocean Gate, Stockton Rush, who was the one operating the vessel. My heart breaks for these people's families. I know that one of the interviews that were done by Solomon's family member said that the 19-year-old was terrified to go, and he only went because he saw it as like a bonding thing for his dad, and the trip happened over Father's Day weekend. There's another odd connection here that I felt deserved mentioning. Back in 1898, there was a novella written called Futility that seemed to predict the sinking of the Titanic 14 years before it happened. The book features a fictional British ocean liner named Titan that sinks. Although this novel was written before the RMS Titanic was ever even conceptualized, there are some uncanny similarities between the fictional and real life versions. Like the Titanic, the fictional ship sank after wrecking on an iceberg in April in the North Atlantic Ocean and there were not enough lifeboats for all the passengers. The fictional Titan would have survived a head-on collision with the iceberg, but a glancing encounter did more extensive damage. There are also similarities in size and speed and life-saving equipment that were on the real and fictional ships. After the Titanic's sinking, some people credit the author Robertson with precognition and clairvoyance, which of course he denied, and scholars attribute the similarities to Robertson's extensive knowledge of shipbuilding and marine type trends. Now we have the submersible that imploded with the loss of five lives near the Titanic wreck in June 2023, which was also named Titan. Now, of course, the creators of Ocean Gate may have been aware of this book, and maybe that's why they named it Titan, but still, it's all just so eerie. Okay, so you might be saying, what's the connection between Ocean Gate's Titan and the RMS Titanic? Well, the CEO of Ocean Gate, Mr. Rush, the one who was piloting the submersible, his wife is Wendy Rush, who herself has been on three Ocean Gate expeditions to the Titanic wreckage in the last two years. She's also the company's communications director, and she is the great, great granddaughter of Isidore and Ida Strauss, an elderly couple who chose to remain aboard the sinking Titanic so that others could escape to safety. They're quite famous as their last moments inspired many filmmakers over the years. The Strausses were depicted in the 1953 film Titanic, the 1958 film A Night to Remember, the musical Titanic, and the 1997 film Titanic. Now, if you guys are familiar with this film and you've seen it, you probably remember an elderly couple that was depicted as staying on board together and then the film shows them lying in bed, embracing as water rushes into their room. Of course, some creative licenses were taking with the movie and this is not exactly how things went down, but their love story has been so impactful that in addition to movies, it's also inspired a book, songs, and there are multiple memorials to the couple across New York City, including this monument inside Strauss Park on Manhattan's Upper West Side. And if you ask me, their real life love story is far more romantic than Jack and Rose. 
Isidore or Isidore? Isidore was born in Germany in 1845 and migrated to Georgia with his family in 1854. Ida, who was born Rosalie Ida Blunt, was also born in Germany in 1849 and immigrated to the U.S. with her family as well. Isidore eventually moved to New York City, and this is where he was introduced to Ida by his sister, Amanda. The two had an instant connection, and in 1871, at the ages of 26 and 22 years old, the two married. Those who knew them said that they were very much in love, and they were very public with their affection. They were often spotted holding hands, kissing, and hugging, which was kind of unheard of for persons of their status and wealth back in that day. And this type of PDA was said to have lasted well into their later years. They had something truly special, and something that their descendants say they treasure a great deal. In 1872, Ida and Isidore had their first child, a son named Jesse, and they went on to have a total of seven children, one of which died in infancy. Isidore went on to become a very wealthy man, becoming the owner of Macy's with his brother in 1896 and was elected to the House of Representatives in 1894. He was a confidant to multiple presidents and was even a dear friend to President Grover Cleveland. When Isidore was forced to travel overseas on business away from his sweetheart, he'd write to her every day. Ida, who affectionately called him my darling papa, was always quick to respond. Here is a good kiss for my dear papa, she writes in a letter dated July 25th, 1890. Nathan intends taking us picnicking today. It is very nice indeed now, but it will be ever much more pleasanter with you here. Is that how do people... I guess that's how people used to talk. In 1912, the couple spent their social season in Europe near the French Riviera. They originally booked passage home on the Titanic's sister ship, the RMS Olympic, but when that ship was delayed, they decided to travel back on the Titanic. According to National Archives, the Strausses were traveling with Ida's maid, Ellen Bird, and Isidore's manservant, John Farthing. The maid, Ellen, survived, and that is how we know their story. It is thought that on April 14th, Isidore and Ida indulged in a 10-course meal in the first-class dining room before strolling arm-in-arm on the upper deck. Then they retired to their room. Shortly before midnight, the Titanic struck the fatal iceberg that would sink the ship about 400 miles east of Newfoundland. Once Ida and Isidore made it to the deck, it became quite clear that other than a few exceptions, only the women and children were being placed in the lifeboats. Ida stepped into the lifeboat, expecting that her husband would follow, but he didn't. The ship's officer, who was in charge of lowering that particular lifeboat down, said, well, Mr. Strauss, you're an elderly man, and we know who you are, so of course you can go ahead and get in the lifeboat with your wife. But Isidore remained where he was. He said, no, until I see that every woman and child on board the ship is in a lifeboat, I will not enter into a lifeboat myself. So, hearing this, Ida steps out of the lifeboat, reportedly saying, I will not be separated from my husband. As we have lived, so will we die together. It's said that the Strausses were among some of the most wealthy aboard the ship, and that status, of course, in addition to Mr. Strauss's age, is why the officer was actually planning to allow the couple to both get on safely to the lifeboat. But that just wasn't the kind of man that Mr. Strauss was. Before they were swept away by the ocean, Ida gave her maid Ellen her floor-length mink coat. I won't have any further need, she said. Please take this as you get into the lifeboat. 
to keep you warm until you're rescued. Later in life, Ellen tried to return the coat to the Strauss family, but they refused. Mr. and Mrs. Strauss were last seen standing arm in arm on the deck in what eyewitnesses called a most remarkable exhibition of love and devotion. Isidore wrapped his arms around Ida, and then a great wave came over the port side of the ship and swept them both into the sea. Of the 2,224 passengers and crew aboard the ship, more than 1,500 died including Ida and Isidore. Only about 700 on board the Titanic survived. At the time of the sinking, Ida and Isidore really weren't that old. They were only 67 and 63. Ida's body was never found, but Isidore's body actually was recovered at sea a few weeks after the tragedy. Recovered with his body was a locket inscribed with their initials and photos of two of their children. The locket is now very precious to the family and has been passed down through the generations. Since Ida's body was never recovered, their family got some water from the North Atlantic and put it inside an urn alongside Isidore's remains. The two were laid to rest in a mausoleum in New York. On May 12th, more than 6,000 people attended Ida and Isidore's memorial service at Carnegie Hall. The mayor of New York, William J. Gaynor, delivered a eulogy along with Andrew Carnegie himself. A memorial park was dedicated to the couple near their home on 106th Street, and the family mausoleum where they were laid to rest bears a quote from Song of Solomon, Many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it. Although the Titanic and the Titan were seemingly preventable tragedies, I found Mr. and Mrs. Strauss's love story and selflessness in the end to be so beautiful and worth sharing. The members of the Strauss's Historical Society have one wish, and that is that the lasting love story of Ida and Isidore will give people hope. Today, my thoughts and prayers are with the families of this most recent tragedy with the loss of the Titan. I just... I really just cannot imagine what they're going through right now. I hope you learned something in today's video. And before you go, check out this video right here that YouTube thinks you're going to like. Welcome.